Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper, and we thank you for being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar, with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. MISD and the city open the filing process for school board and city council. Public restrooms, bond issues, and the naming of a pond. We cover it all in a moment with the mayor. COVID-19 continues its strong spread locally. R.L. Anderson Stadium plays home to the newest COVID-19 testing site. Local 11-year-old reaches top five in Time for Kids, Nickelodeon's Kid of the Year. Coming up in the feature section, science reporter Dennis Webb takes another look at the James Webb Space Telescope. There are a lot of things that'll keep me off the air, but COVID is not one of them. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll get back to some more resolutions in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that I paired with the dessert course at a friend's five-course meal at their house. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve takes us back to Mansfield in the 1800s with his guest, Jack Crowder. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman's CPA firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, tax manager for Jack Lauderman CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, We provide every level of business, tax, and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com. Hi, I'm Orion Jean with Race to Kindness, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The city of Mansfield has opened the process for residents to run for city council places one and two, currently held by Mayor Michael Evans and Tamara Bounds. As of this recording, Evans and Bounds are running unopposed. Requirements to run for mayor or city council are minimal. You must be a resident citizen of the city of Mansfield for a period of not less than 12 months immediately preceding their election. 
and be a qualified voter of the state of Texas. The deadline to file your paperwork with the city secretary's office is 5 p.m. on February 18th. There is no fee for filing your paperwork. The filing period is now open for those interested in running in the upcoming school board election. Four seats on the Mansfield ISD Board of Trustees will be on the ballot, places 3, 4, 5, and 7. A general election will be held for place 3, place 4, and place 5. A special election will be held for place 7, which is an unexpired term that Courtney Lackey Wilson vacated early in July of 2021. Currently, there are four candidates on the ballot. Craig Tipping for place 3, Kezia Valdez-Ferrar seeking re-election for place 4, Bianca Benavidez-Anderson is running for place 5, and Courtney Lackey-Wilson is looking to win her seat back at place 7. The deadline to turn in a candidate form is Friday, February 18th at 5 p.m. School board members are locally elected representatives of the public and each serves as the community's advocate for public education. They must maintain a focus on student achievement and well-being while making decisions that represent the interests of their constituents. Mark your calendar. Election Day is Saturday. May 7th. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Uh, Mr. Mayor, first of all, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. It is good to be here, Steve. And even though the the public portion of Monday night was pretty short, hour and a half, uh, you worked, uh, your day started at three o'clock yesterday. Our day started at 3 p.m. And uh, let me tell you why. Uh, We were continuing uh, the discussion regarding the projects on a potential bond election uh, ballot. And uh, we're still we're still determining which projects will make the ballot. But um, we are considering a a recreation and library center, a veterans memorial, a, a Miracle League field, an expansion of Mansfield's trail network, a new park in the southwest quadrant of Mansfield and upgrades to uh, the Skinner Sports Complex. And um, uh, let me tell you this. I I think, you know, when you hear me say we're considering, we're just talking about what we're going to put on the ballot for the voting public uh, to uh, choose uh, what uh, amenities they would like to have in the city of Mansfield. And uh, that's it. That's it. The bottom line is, what are the people going to choose? Inquiring minds want to know. But let let me tell you what I love about this, though. Here's, Here's what's so awesome. The public gets to choose. I mean, we're not we're not talking about, you know, uh, building something, then saying y'all come. Right. No, uh, our council is real sensitive to uh, the uh, the opinion uh, and also uh, the hearts and minds of the folks who uh, put us in office. And I think that um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's, this is really how a democracy works. You know, when you, choice. when you think about it. Right. It's freedom of choice. So we are not raising anybody's taxes. We are not. We are not doing that. We, 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 we are not doing that. <laughs> the people <laughs> will will choose the amenities that they would like. And hopefully, you know, when folks travel to the cities around the Metroplex and they say, hey, why don't we have that? You know, like the beautiful recreation center. Or, why don't we have that? You know, yeah. aquatics. Or, why don't we have that? We're saying you can have that. If you choose. That's right. And that's where we're giving them the opportunity to choose. So come out to vote. 
if up or down. And uh, the, then the uh, uh, the public uh, forum started at 7 p.m. You honored a former guest here of the About Mansfield podcast. Uh, he's only 11 years old, Orion Gene. Uh, talk talk about Orion. I love him. You know what? I, I do, too. And uh, city council does as well. I, I think that America loves this young man. Orion Gene is just that. He's, he's an 11-year-old. I think, really, he's a 50-year-old in an 11-year-old body. You know, uh, this young man has done so many things. You know what? I think he's, like, really Benjamin Button. I mean, I think oh, yeah. I think that's what's going on here. But uh, he's a sixth grader at Alma Martinez Intermediate School, and he's garnered uh, national attention for his Race to Kindness, a series of incredible community service projects. We're talking about uh, donating a half million books to libraries and school districts around the country, uh, more than a hundred thousand cans, uh, canned goods that were um, raised where, where they're they're feeding uh, the hungry. I mean, it's really mind-boggling uh, what this young man uh, has accomplished. And let me say this. He has outstanding parents. Oh, He's an outstanding absolutely. person. Then you went into consent agenda. I'm just going to give the mic to you and <laughs> run down the list. Uh, the several things going on. What did you guys vote on? Well, you know what? We, we have a, a big thing that we voted on, and I'm really proud of it. Uh, council passed five resolutions, and perhaps uh, the most notable uh, was the uh, resolution that approved the purchase and construction of a new public safety burn tower for more than $2.5 million. And this tower, this tower, Steve, will equip the city to better train the men and women in our police and fire departments and also enhance their ability to respond to emergency uh, situations in Mansfield. So uh, we, we are really excited about that. Also, uh, regarding the consent agenda, now, Council, we, we denied the renewal of two parklet permits in historic downtown Mansfield. And uh, let, let me say this. Uh, we love the parklet idea, but business owners were concerned about losing much needed parking spaces. Right. So I'm not saying that the parklets are gone forever. We're not saying that they are. Uh, maybe they, they will be, you know, relocated in, in other parts of downtown. And, and with the, um, um, tens of millions of dollars of development that's going to take place downtown, people are going to have a lot of places to sit, and uh, boy, there's some other announcements that uh, are forthcoming. I believe they're going to have some good places to park as well. Oh, yeah. So, now, we also passed a resolution supporting a grant uh, application to the uh, Texas Parks and a Wildlife Department for the development of a, a trail between McClendon Parks West and East. And you know how we are here in Mansfield. We are park lovers, and we are, we are trail lovers. And uh, we also passed an ordinance setting forth the standards of care for the recreation department's kids own program. So we, it's not, it's not, we're not babysitting. No. Uh, this is kids own program, uh, with emphasis on the program for recreation and, uh, also, uh, uh learning ex uh, experiments, science experiments, all that good stuff. Kids will come out and have fun. So, uh, we're saying to parents, you know, you're going to have a place for your kids to be sure. in our parks and recreation system. There was also one more, uh, one more ordinance about a, uh, a facility on Mauser Way. Yes, uh, we passed, and uh, this this was all, uh, actually a, a second reading where uh, we approved uh, our zoning for uh, approximately 
uh, 20 acres of land. Uh, it's a planned development for warehouse and distribution use by Mauser uh, Electronics. Uh, they are planning to build a distribution and assembly facility uh, on that land. And um, again, these are more opportunities for a Mauser to serve uh, the, the world in regard to electronics and then uh, job opportunities for uh, the city of Mansfield. And that's always a good thing. And so all of that was old business. Yes. We get into new business. New business. And uh, we start with historic downtown, one of my favorite places. Yeah, let me tell you something. We have been beating the drum regarding uh, revitalizing historic downtown. I mean, these were promises that we made, and they are promises being kept. Uh, form administrations as well as our own. And um, we, we are keeping those. And here's the deal. Council approved a set of priorities for the continued revitalization of the downtown area. And here's the big one. Here's the big one. It included the construction. Hold it. Wait for it. For of a public restroom in no the area. Way. Man, isn't that something? My God. <laughs> and we're also uh, planning to um, uh, put more trees uh, on Main Street and uh, also better educating the public about uh, uh, back in parking. Everyone knows how to do it. Well, not everyone, not quite. But uh, we we are <laughs> we're still giving it a go. I'm telling you, we're giving it a go. And you concluded with the naming of a pond, uh, and I, I can't think of a better person than uh, well, you talk about the pond. Sure, you know what we council. Uh, the, one of the last things that we did uh, the other night, uh, we discussed renaming the pond behind the uh, Parks Administration Building on Matlock after uh, the late uh, the Honorable State Representative Toby. Goodman, uh, just a great man uh, to uh, our community, Tarrant County, to the state of Texas. And um, we believe that uh, um, he deserves to be honored uh, for the, the work that he did, the tireless work uh, that he did on behalf of the city of Mansfield and uh, all those who live in the great state of Texas. There you go. A shortened to the point meeting, you were wrapped up by 8.30 last night. We were wrapped up by 8.30, and I, and I appreciate the efficiency of our staff and all of our teammates on council. Mr. Mayor, we'll see you in two weeks. I will see you then, Lord willing. This has been a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. The COVID-19 epidemic is still taking a tenacious stance here in Mansfield. With the numbers, here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis. Thanks, Steve. After three weeks in a row of dramatic increase, we might have topped out on this new COVID-19 epidemic wave. Mansfield saw 776 new cases last week, a little down from the week before, which was the highest number ever seen here since the start almost two years ago. A month ago, we were seeing less than 100 new cases each week. One citizen of Mansfield passed away from the virus last week. Countywide, 1,386 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus, the highest number since the January 2021 peak. 1,386 families are currently worrying about one of their members. Tarrant County public health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get fully vaccinated, wear masks, and keep doing the distance and hand-washing things. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us have to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. Lots of people are catching the virus here these days. 
From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. And speaking of COVID, healthcare company NAMI Health is coordinating COVID-19 testing and vaccination efforts across the country and has announced the details for its newest area COVID-19 testing site at R.L. Anderson Stadium on Magnolia Street right here in Mansfield. The drive through site launched on Friday is now operating Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., offering both antigen and PCR tests. Rapid results are sent by text within an hour while PCR results are provided within 48 hours. The R.L. Anderson location is by appointment only and can take up to 400 appointments per day. Time for Kids and Nickelodeon have teamed up again in search of America's Kid of the Year, and one of the top five nominees is Mansfield's Orion Jean. Orion is an activist who believes that spreading kindness is his life's mission. He founded his cause, Race to Kindness, after winning a student kindness contest in 2020. Since then, he has organized many successful Race to Kindness events that have included collecting over 500,000 books for kids in need and collecting over 100,000 meals for families in the Texas area. He also wrote his first book, titled A Kid's Book About Leadership, which aims to inspire other kids to start their own kindness campaigns. Orion was a guest on the About Mansfield podcast in July of 2021. Just a quick reminder that if you have any news that's happening in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and phone number in case we need more information. This Friday, January 28th, is National Have Fun at Work Day. As if Fridays couldn't get any better at the office, National Fun at Work Day falls on the last Friday of January. Whether you work for a small office or a large organization, injecting fun into the workplace is a great way to bond with coworkers, boost team morale, gain inspiration, and even increase productivity. National Fun at Work Day was created to foster happiness and humor in the office and bring employees to together. So rally your co-workers and your bosses and brainstorm ways to best celebrate. From parties, potlucks, goodies, games, awards, and more, there's no wrong way to celebrate National Fun at Workday. You just need to bring the fun. Let's see if the weather's going to agree with your outdoor plans for this weekend and beyond with someone who's really fun to work with. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We've got a cold front that was projected to come through late Tuesday, and so Wednesday into Wednesday night, we're going to see some cooler air and possibly a little bit of wintry mix. There will be zero accumulation, and down here in Mansfield, we may only see a single snowflake or maybe two and maybe a handful of sleet pellets, but it all depends on how far down the front dips. We're looking at a high of 46 degrees on Wednesday, 55 on Thursday, 53 on Friday, and then we'll head back up into the 60s going into the weekend with a high of 62 on Saturday, 66 on Sunday, and then temperatures in the low to mid 60s early next week. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Home improvement specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment. And Brian Certain serves up a cocktail to remember. Also, coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And Steve takes us back to Mansfield in the 1800s with his guest, Jack Crowder. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. 
Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com, W-Y-S-E, well.com. Hi, this is Philip DeGroat, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where reporter Dennis Webb is gazing skyward again at the James Webb Space Telescope. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. When we last checked in on the James Webb Space Telescope, it had spread its huge sun shield, a really complicated process, and swung two segments of the mirrors out to line up with the middle segment, a much simpler process but equally important. It has just coasted to its destination a million miles away, called Lagrange Point 2. Still, it is not ready to take any pictures. There will be several months of fine-tuning the mirrors, and it will be like watching grass grow. To explain, let's look at how a regular telescope mirror works. Telescope mirrors are kind of a glass dish with a mirror coating, with concave shape, a precise, shallow parabola. Bear with me on the geometry, there won't be a test. This parabola shape is useful because it takes all the parallel beams of light from the the faraway thing we are looking at and bounces each beam back at a slightly different angle so all the beams converge on a point in front of the mirror called the focus. With a little additional optics, you can direct this focused light to a camera and make a picture. Kind of magic, but Isaac Newton figured this out a long time ago. For this all to work, the mirror has to be a perfect parabola, accurate to a fraction of a wavelength of light. Really really crazy precise. Making a mirror this accurate from a piece of flat glass is something people have been doing for hundreds of years, and you can do it in your garage with the right simple tools, a lot of patience, and skills you can learn. It is kind of magic. The Webb Telescope had the best mirror makers on the planet, several specialized companies, including Ball Aerospace. Ball Aerospace started a few decades ago as a division of Ball Brothers Glass, who made the glass jars for canning that your great-grandmother used to put up peas and corn starting in the 1880s. This time, Ball Aerospace made 18 perfect beryllium mirrors that make up the giant Webb Telescope mirror. While each of these mirrors is indeed as perfect as as humans can make with modern technology, they have to be precisely aligned to each other to make one big perfect optical shape, accurate to a fraction of a wavelength of light. To tweak each mirror's orientation and relative position, each mirror has seven little motors that can slightly push or pull part of the mirror in microscopic motions to align the 18 mirrors to be this one big precise optical shape. In the control center in Maryland, engineers will check on the progress by using one of the telescope's cameras to see just how close to perfectly focused an image of a star is. Okay, this is complicated, but smart people have figured it out, right? Why does it take months to do this focusing? Mostly because they're only going to run one motor at a time and only for a brief 
period of time. Each electric motor generates heat, and even the small amount of heat disrupts the environment of the mirror near absolute zero. So they run the motor a bit and let the whole shooting match cool down, then run the motor some more, and so forth and so forth. So this will be like watching grass grow as the motors move at literally the same speed. Lots of microscopic motions over months. You might ask why they did not do this fine-tuning on the ground before launch. Main reason is that each mirror had to be securely locked down for launch to survive the nasty vibration that happens on a rocket launch. If the focus motors and their gear mechanisms were all that was holding up each 25-pound mirror, the launch vibration would probably shake the whole thing apart. Even if you could solve that, you still have the problem of slight thermal flexing of the support structure. Well, I tested everything in giant vacuum test chambers here on Earth and can generally predict how the structure would behave in zero-g. You can't predict precisely enough to preserve the perfect parabola shape. Well, it's a long way around. Astronomers have long known it is best to do the final optical tuning on the field after the telescope mirror has completely cooled down. I've done this, though never at absolute zero. But the times I've taken a telescope out of the closet and out for a night of observing, we let the, the temperature equalize. While this proverbial grass growing in space is happening, we won't hear much about it unless something goes wrong, which can happen. A press release saying, yep, it's working, we're getting closer, is not very exciting, but it is a big deal for the people who worked for many years to make this happen. I'll probably have to find something else to talk about for a couple of months. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. In a world where people have thousands of questions about improving and repairing their homes, one man has the answers. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he talks about the place that you call home. Terry? We're still in that first month of 2022, and it's the time we think about making resolutions of all kinds for the new year. While we're typically thinking about self-help and personal improvement, home improvement and maintenance shouldn't be any exception. I started a list of suggestions for where to start in my last segment, and we're going to continue on from there. Resolve to plan ahead. With the extremely busy and shorthanded construction industry and supply chain issues being where they are right now, it's a bad idea to wait until the last minute to get needed repairs or desired remodeling done. I know contractors who are already booked out through the fall or completely booked up through the year on planned projects, and it's getting tough for them to wedge clients in for needed repairs. Material is another issue indeed. Most common lumber and building material is in good supply, but there are still issues with products like exterior siding and especially laminated beams, which are crucial to all new builds and most large remodeling projects like additions and removing walls. And prices are on the rise again due to supply being tight. All in all, it's best to coordinate with your contractor or order ahead if you're planning to do a project on your own. Resolve to do a thorough cleaning. I especially recommend having your carpets, if you haven't replaced them all with hard floors, and those hard surfaces cleaned professionally. Most carpet warranties require that you have the rug cleaned twice a year via truck-mounted hot water extraction, so this is something you should be doing anyway. And it's extremely necessary this time of year with so many people suffering from allergies and nasal congestion in general. Like your furnace filter, you'd be absolutely amazed at how much dirt and allergens your carpet can trap deep inside. Vacuuming once or twice a week helps, 
and using a home extractor helps more. But getting that steaming hot water from a pro machine loosens up the deep dirt and the powerful suction pulls it out like no portable machine, even the best rental machine can. Dust, spiderwebs, and all that that implies are also the enemy of your major home appliances. So make sure you get up underneath and behind your refrigerator, range, and dishwasher. Not only will you help people breathe better, you'll help the appliances breathe better and operate more efficiently, which saves on energy, and that saves you money. Resolve to get dirty. I know a lot of folks around here use a professional service to handle their lawn and yard work, but did you know how therapeutic yard work can be? Not only are you communing with Mother Earth, but a study I read recently said that the actual smell of dirt has a powerful calming and relaxing effect on the brain as well. It could be as simple as doing a small vegetable garden, which, again, is healthier for you than eating store-bought produce, or even a small box flower garden or pot arrangement of flowers. Or you could take over management of all your beds around the perimeter of the house and yard from your lawn guy. Get down, weed out, mulch up, and dig. It'll make you feel better, and we can all use a bit of that during these stressful times. Resolve to make a change of some kind around the house. It could be as simple as rearranging existing furniture after getting the floors professionally cleaned, of course, or repainting a single wall or changing the potted plants inside the house or getting a rocking chair for the front porch to major work like knocking down the wall between the kitchen and dining room that you always hated or building that dream deck or adding a sanctuary room or an additional bedroom to separate growing children who need their space. The only constant in life is change, and sometimes you need to be the catalyst for that change. Change is what makes life interesting and challenging, and keeps us from getting into a routine that makes life a drudge and a task. The change doesn't need to be a big one necessarily, but you'd be surprised what a difference it can make in the way you and your home feel. So now, with the foundation laid, let's get back to business. I need your questions, as always, to make this segment live. Big or small, I'll tackle them all. Send them to my email at askterry at aboutmansfield.com and we'll get you the answers you need on the air. Reporting from COVID isolation for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good as Brian Certain is serving up another perfect libation for his cocktail of the week. Brian. This week's cocktail of the week is the salted caramel white Russian. Yes, you heard me correct. Salted caramel white Russian. At that same dinner party that I spoke about with last week's fourth turn cocktail, this is a cocktail that I came up with to go with the final course of raspberry tarts. I really wanted to pair something that would complement the tart raspberry and the buttery pastry that made up the tart. I first talked about the White Russian back on June 9th of 2021, and if you're interested in hearing the history of that famous cocktail or its most famous movie reference, I urge you to go back and listen to that episode in the About Mansfield podcast archives. But as always, don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions and posting on bourbongospel.com. This week's Cocktail of the Week, the Salted Caramel White Russian. You're going to take one ounce of vodka. You're going to take four ounces of half and half and one ounce of salted caramel coffee liqueur. Kahlua makes a great version of that. You're going to take your martini glass and you're going to drizzle Ghirardelli dark chocolate and their salted caramel sauce and make a pretty pattern inside the glass. 
You then can take the vodka, the half and half, and the salted caramel coffee liqueur into a cocktail shaker, fill with ice, place a pint glass on top, and shake. Strain the cocktail into the waiting martini glass and shave dark chocolate on top to finish. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as one of my favorite Southern authors, Mark Twain, said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Deborah Cole, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who was the first African-American to be elected to the Mansfield City Council? Deborah knew that McClendon Moody served 15 years on the Mansfield City Council. Because of his contributions to the city, Moody has not just one but two city parks named in his honor, McClendon Parks East and West. After the break, this week's trivia question. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Hi, I'm Casey Lewis, and you're listening to About Mansfield. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Come check them out on the web at PouredTX.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, we are just a few days away from Tuesday, February 1st, which is National Texas Day. This week's trivia question is, what is National Texas Day? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what is National Texas Day? Good luck, and thanks to Carol at Pord for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, we are going to go back into historic Mansfield. We're going to go back to the 1800s, and I'm going to read just a couple of sentences here from a, an email that was sent to me uh, by my guest. We are going to talk about the diaries 
of Louisa Foster about who she was and says here, the diaries were written by Louisa Foster, the wife of a traveling preacher in central Texas. They began in 1856 and end around 1870. That's all I'm going to read about this email because the rest of it I want to talk to my guest about. In the studio today is Jack Crowder, and he's working on a project with the Mansfield Historical Society in transcribing these diaries. First of all, Jack, welcome to About Mansfield. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Let's go back to the beginning here. How did you get involved with this project? Well, I met Marilyn through the Historical Society. I gave a talk to a historical society on the American Revolution. And so she knew that I'd done some research, and she mentioned about these diaries that were donated to the Historical Society in 1985 and wanted to know if I would look at them and see what we should do with them. And I looked at them and became very intrigued uh, with the woman that wrote these diaries, and I told Marilyn that uh, I'd like to transcribe all of them. There's a total of 11, and we could have them published uh, for the Historical Society. The diaries, you said there are 11 diaries going all the way back to 18... 1856. 1856. And I found one yesterday when I was down at the uh, the um, Historical Society uh, that's dated 1847, and I'm not really sure what's in it, but uh, the main diaries are from 1856 till about 1870, 71. And how did the Historical Society gain possession of these diaries? The woman that wrote the diaries, Louisa Foster, her youngest son was John Collier Foster. He married Etta Fields, whose father, Julian, was one of the co-founders of Mansfield. And John Collier and Etta, their great-granddaughter, found these diaries, got them from a shed uh, that the family owned, and then um, they donated them to uh, donated them to Mansfield Historical Society. Tell me a little bit of what you've learned about Louisa Foster. Louisa, growing up, was uh, grew up with a life of privilege. She grew up in Alabama on a plantation. Uh, they had slaves, and in 1827, she came with her family to Texas. She was six years old. They were part of the Stephen F. Austin's original 300 settlers that came to Texas. And um, her father received land grants in South Texas, mainly around Matagorda County. And these were he received over 3,000 acres of land, and he became quite wealthy. By the time he died in the 1840s, he had uh, values, uh, land values about twenty to $30,000. And Louisa lost, in the space of about 14 months, her parents died, her first husband died, and her young son died. 
And she was traumatized, of course, by this. And then she went to a revival meeting in South Texas and noticed this young preacher there, Finnis Foster, and she fell in love with him. Hmm. And her friends warned her against him because Texas at that time was wild and woolly. And she <laughs> still wrote, is, isn't it? Oh, it still is some <laughs> parts of it. Uh, she wrote in her uh, in her diary that her friends were against her marrying this preacher because he didn't have anything. She was pretty wealthy. And she she wrote, and I quote from her writing, My relatives and friends that I loved with a tender affection and some that had shown me great kinship in sorrows trying hourly were bitterly opposed to our marriage. He had just come to Texas, a stranger in a land of strangers, where the population was a mixed mass from almost every quarter of the globe, and at a time when many fled to Texas to prevent paying their debts, and often the man whose name was linked with a crime." So, uh, but she fell in love with him, and he um, he told her it'd be a hard life being married to a traveling preacher, and that made her love him more. And eventually, the traveling preacher wound up penniless because a traveling priest doesn't make a whole lot of money. Well, he especially he he was a Cumberland Presbyterian and really was not college educated, mm. so he was making about. $250 a year when they were married. Oh, wow. And over the years, to make ends meet, she had to sell off her inheritance, the land that her father had left her. And then when her brother died, she got his portion. And so they slowly sold off the the land and were living quite comfortably until the onset of the uh, Civil War. And you had mentioned that they had uh, acreage valued in about twenty to forty thousand dollars. Twenty to thirty thousand. Okay, twenty to thirty. Back in the the eighteen forties, forties. That's a pretty good chunk of change. That that's that's a lot of money. Uh, valued today, money. you know, we're 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 talking. They were they were basically millionaires back in the eighteen. Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. And of course, they had slaves, which. Uh, in fact, she um, sold one slave after they were married for twelve hundred dollars, and uh, I found the uh, the record on that. She sold it, which was unusual because normally a man would do these transactions. So, in a way, she was uh, beyond her her time. She um, uh, sold the slave on her own. Uh, at this time, women were expected to not be vocal in the church, but rather just be very quiet and passive. She was very outspoken. She ran a female prayer group. So she was a, a little bit ahead of her time. So with these diaries, Louisa Foster, did she she live in Mansfield at any time? No, she um, lived outside of Austin, I think probably around the time of her death. I'm not sure even where she's buried. I'm, I'm trying to find that out. But uh, closest she got to Mansfield was was Austin. Okay, but still at one point related to Julian Field. Yes, co-founder her, of Mansfield. Her son, 
uh, John Collier, her youngest son, will marry Etta Fields, whose father founded Mansfield. Okay. Co-founder. Based on the diaries, 11 diaries over uh, over about 15 years, what uh, what's the one takeaway of Louisa Foster that, that sticks out in your mind? She was educated, and she writes with such emotion that at at times it brought me to tears when like when she discussed the death of one of her children and then on the other hand she could write something that sounds like she's been living in the backwoods all of her life hmm. she was a, a brave woman to be married to this preacher because he was gone so much of the time and it was wild and woolly uh, Texas at this time. Yet, even though she was alone a lot and very brave, she was afraid to stay alone. So whenever he was gone, she would want someone to spend the night, usually uh, uh, a church friend of hers that would come over, a relative perhaps. And uh, she just didn't like to be alone at night. Yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed in her diaries that confused me at first, uh, she referred to people uh, constantly as cousin or uncle. And then I remembered that uh, we did that in our family. Uh, anybody that was really a close friend when I was a kid, we called them cousin. Yeah. And so she uh, referred to most people as cousin or aunt or uncle. So it helps to have a little, a little knowledge of life in the 1800s, uh, calling people cousin, even though oh, they're yes. not. And, uh, and especially uh, in, in, in the country rather than, than the, uh, the city. Um, it was very interesting, too, to read. Uh, it seems like whenever she bought anything, whether it's a piece of furniture uh, or some food, uh, she recorded the price so you could get a very good understanding of of prices back then. She made her own soap. She huh. described how she made her soap. Um, Do you they, recall? Got, they got taken in by a, um, a traveling salesman once, uh, and I think they lost probably a, close to $1,000 on his scheme. Oh, wow. And again, back in the 1800s, that's a, that's a good chunk of change. That was a lot of money, especially a, a preacher that was making 250 a year. Right. Do you recall some of the... Uh, some of the prices that that were in the diaries. Yes, um, they were living in Lagrange, Texas, at the time, and a minister there had decided to move to Ohio and decided he would sell most of his furniture. So Louisa sent her son to look at the furniture. One of the sons. And he came back and told her what it was, and she recorded in her diary. Now, she always called her husband Mr. F, never Mr. Foster or Phineas. It was Mr. F. And in her diary, she said, Mr. F purchased me a nice walnut bureau with beautiful glass 
set of cane seat chairs, two large office chairs, mahogany secretary Bible stand, and this was for $60. Wow. Uh, Of course, you go to the antique store today, and you're looking at several (laughs) thousand. Uh, She said, uh, I sold things out of my house to pay for most of them. This is is a real good idea of... um, what things cost back then. And a lot of times she used barter economy where she would sew something for someone who in return would give her some food product, perhaps. Right. I love bartering. Uh, Let's talk about you for a second here. How did you become involved with this project? Your And your involvement with this project is to take these original diaries and transcribe them for a future publication. Uh, how how did you get involved with this? Well, I do a lot of research. Uh, over the years, I've researched my family, and I've written uh, 10 books on the genealogy of my family. And I've also have done a lot of research on the American Revolution. I've published uh, 12 books on the American Revolution, various topics, So I like to do research, and uh, some of my research on the American Revolution, I used pension applications that were written back in the 1800s. So it's given me, uh, I've got a pretty good eye for reading hard-to-read things that were written in the 1800s, and so this was kind of up my line of uh, business here, and I'd given a talk at the Historical Society about one of my American revolutionary topics, mm-hmm. and so this is how I met uh, people with the American uh, with the uh, Historical Society. Sure, Marilyn and Marilyn Gerloff. Shout out to Marilyn. Uh, you talked about the the difficulty of of being able to read some of the words in the diaries. How was Louisa Foster's penmanship? Her penmanship was very good because, I, like I said, she was um, educated. Um, at times, it was difficult because even though most of them are in ink, uh, the diaries were... Uh, little larger than a small notebook, like a diary today. And some of it was hard to read. Uh, She wrote some in pencil, which was an extreme challenge because it was much lighter, much harder to read. In fact, I had to use, uh, with one diary, was almost entirely pencil. I had to use a magnifying glass and a flashlight to shine on it uh, to help see the letters better. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I got used to her writing style, so I knew pretty much uh, what some of her letters, uh, the way she made her letters, I could figure out uh, what she was, what words they were. Did you ever have to make up a word? You know what? The way this sentence is structured, this one word that I cannot identify could possibly be. I sometimes would have an idea what it was, but um, occasionally I would put it in quotes with a question mark. But if it was a word that 
I would say out of a um, 60-page diary, I might find maybe 10 words that I couldn't figure out. I would um, leave a a blank with a question mark. I didn't want to put words in her mouth. I I recorded it the way she wrote it, Mm -hmm. uh, grammar and spelling the way she wrote it. Luckily, she was a good speller. Yeah. (laughs) Better than me. (laughs) You mentioned these these diaries were found in a shed, again, here in Mansfield or down in Austin? Uh, I'm not sure where the relative was that found them. I probably got my notes somewhere. Uh, I was surprised when I read that because actually the diaries are in good shape. Uh, Most of the binding's still good on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no water damage. The diary I'm working on now is probably the worst of the bunch. The front cover's gone, and the binding is pretty much gone. But uh, they're in in good shape. No water damage, which is remarkable. Right. You mentioned that you work on this seven days a week. Um, when do you think this project will be finished? I'm. I found there's three more diaries that her youngest son wrote. And I'm going to also transcribe those. I may get some information that will help me with her diaries. So I anticipate finishing this uh, now sometime in April. And then I need to reread it, organize it uh, some more. So probably by May, we'll be ready to uh, talk to some places about publishing it. Um, it, it takes a time, takes some time working on these because whenever she mentions somebody's name, a product, a medicine that she takes, and I research those names to find out exactly who they were, what they were. Uh, I learned some of the medicine she's taking was, uh, Mainly quack type medicine, <laughs> snake um, oil. Snake oil. That's okay. all it was, and uh, she thought it was really helping her, which it probably did. So there's a lot of uh, research on that. For an example, she mentioned one time she was not happy with her children because they wanted to go see a rope walker in Austin. And the husband said he would take them, and she didn't. She thought that was too frivolous. So I thought that's strange—a rope walker. Well, I did some research on it, and there was a tightrope walker that came to Austin and stretched a rope across one of the streets, and he would walk across it. And I found a photograph of it, and this was the one that they were talking about, hmm. and. Um, so these are just interesting little stories that she would bring up. Yeah. In the few minutes that we have left, uh, is is there another passage that you would like to read from the diary? There's one. This is on April 14th, 18 or April 14th, 1861. It was 2 days after Fort Sumter was fired upon. And uh part of what she wrote was She had just heard about the firing on Fort Sumter, and she said, Now is a worse, yes, a more dreadful war in progress has begun. At Fort Sumter and Pickens, the contest has begun. 
Oh, the sad consequences we cannot tell. Oh, Lord, direct us in these perilous times what we ought to do. She was very much opposed to the war, even though she was a slave owner. And um, her son ended up getting drafted in the last couple of days of the war. The diaries of Louisa Foster. Again, there were 11 diaries. They are now in the hands of Jack Crowder, who is my guest here in the studio, who is taking these original diaries from the 1800s and transcribing them for the Mansfield Historical Society. Uh, and, and Jack, you're a native Mansfieldian, are you not? Yes. Graduated from Mansfield High School in 1962. Mansfield High School they, it was the old, uh, had the brick gym and yep. uh, right across the street from where uh, uh, the Dairy Queen is right now. And, uh, uh, you know, someday we'd like to have you back and talk about the, uh, the old days of Mansfield. Oh, love to. My mother graduated from uh, Mansfield High School and my great uh, uncle was principal of Mansfield High School and... Um, my grandmother coached basketball at Mansfield High School. Well, that gives us something to talk about the next time you come by. You bet. Uh, for the listeners, if you've never been to the historical museum at the corner of Broad and Main, uh, it is a treat. You will be greeted by a couple of stone busts of Mr. Ralph Mann and Julian Field. And then what lies behind those busts are uh, two stories of... Uh, of a walk through history of Mansfield. And I would assume, uh, Mr. Crowder, that, that the, uh, the transcriptions of, uh, Louisa Foster's, uh, diaries will eventually be in the, in the museum. They are there now in a blue box. They're, they're now in a blue box. You have to ask for them or. <laughs> Yeah. Ask for them by name. Yeah. Jack, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, uh, thank you for being on About Mansfield. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with Councilman Mike Lehman. You know the name, but do you really know the person? Tune in to find out. This is also the place where you hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode it's free and it's easy head on over to our website aboutmansfield.com and enter your email address we will never send you any spam we promise about mansfield is recorded at podcast mansfield recording studio hosts steve casillo and colleen daniel reporters stacy main and dennis webb moment with the mayor feature Michael Evans. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week Feature, Brian Certain. Post-Production Editing, Mixing, and Mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs>